This is the Nebraska Greats, a weekly podcast as a service to the Nebraska Greats Foundation, which serves former collegiate athletes facing medical needs and financial challenges. Your tax-deductible contribution will change the life of a former college sports hero. Please give online at negreats.org. And now, here's your host, Ross Jerdstrom. You are listening to the Nebraska Greats, a podcast produced by the Nebraska Greats Foundation, which serves collegiate athletes facing a medical need and a financial challenge. Learn more or give generously at www.negrades.org. Hi again, everyone. I'm Ross Jernstrom, former sportscaster at KETV and WWT. I covered sports in Omaha for the past 40 years in Omaha. And my guest today, we're thrilled to have former Creighton Blue Jay, who played from 2001 to 2003 at Creighton. And he was also, and he right now, he's the color commentator for Creighton Radio Broadcast on 1620 The Zone. Please welcome Brody Darren. Brody, thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here, Ross. Thanks for having me. Well, Brody, let's go back to the start of your career at Creighton. Uh, you went, you grew up in Harlan, Iowa, and then you went to Northwestern University and then transferred in 2000 to Creighton University. Tell us about that decision. Yeah, good, uh, good question. So my freshman year, um, I had elected to go to Northwestern, um, played for a, a coach named Kevin O'Neill there. Dana Altman had recruited me at Creighton out of high school. Um, the appeal of the Big Ten, as well as the academics of Northwestern, uh, is sort of what cited me that, that way. My mother's actually from Evanston. Um, and grew up there. And, um, however, after one year at, uh, at Northwestern, things didn't pan out favorably. We won five games that year, uh, out of 318 division one teams, we were 318th in scoring. <laughs> <clears throat> um, we had one, <clears throat> one game that we scored six, actually two games that we scored single digit points in the first half. Um, so things weren't going the, the right, the right direction. We'll put it that way. It wasn't the experience that I had envisioned. So I elected to transfer. Um, and uh, Coach Altman and I had a, a relationship, obviously, from he him recruiting me out of high school. Uh, Coach uh, Greg Grensing, who was a longtime assistant for Dana, uh, and I had a good relationship. Uh, Darren DeVries had joined uh, Dana's staff as a graduate assistant at the time, and I knew had, I had known him as well. Uh, as, along with a few of the players, and uh, Creighton was obviously on the, on the rise, on the way up, was doing great things in the Valley, had made a, and qualified for a couple of NCAA tournaments in a row. Um, and so, you know, uh, joining that, that program or this program uh, in the direction that was headed, feeling like I could contribute and help um, at a good school, uh, not far from my hometown, it was kind of a no-brainer. So uh, I had some other opportunities I've looked at when transferring, but um, it didn't take long to determine that Creighton was the right fit. Well, Brody, you were part of one of the uh, great moments in Creighton basketball in March Madness. Um, your junior year, uh, you go 23-9, and nine, but there was a game at the United Center uh, in Chicago, and you played the defending national champion Florida, and it was an overtime game, and uh, Terrell Taylor hits that buzzer beater, to upset Florida. Uh, what do you remember about that tournament? Well, that's obviously the biggest highlight. And and Terrell 
if I remember correctly, was held scoreless in the first half and scored 28 after halftime, including eight made threes after halftime. So, um, you know, to go into double OT and battle with that that squad and, and then win, we won that game 83 to 82 on Terrell's last second shot. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty difficult memory to beat uh, from that perspective. Um, but it was funny because, you know, we're playing at the United Center in Chicago uh, that holds about 20,000. And, and, and roughly the entire arena was rooting on our behalf in that particular game and, and you know, enjoyed the upset. And then two nights later, we faced Illinois. Um, and they had played three regular season games, 10 tournament in that facility. Um, and, you know, of the 20,000, the place holds about 18.5 were Illinois fans. So that, that crowd turned on us real quickly. Um, and uh, so, you know, we ended up losing that game. We, we were in that game. It was a tie ball game with 10 minutes to go. Um, but Frank Williams, who was an All-American point guard for them, uh, took over and he scored 20 in the second half. And, and it was they were just ended up being too much for us and then and then beat us. You know, I don't remember exactly what the final score was there, but, you know, the margin of victory was probably eight to 12 points somewhere in that ballpark. So um, but a phenomenal experience. Fun to be in Chicago that time of year. Uh, with everything going on. And and uh, it was, you know, St. Patty's Day was over that same weekend. So you had the Green River and, you know, so our fans and all the fans are, of the NCAA tournament were there um, drinking plenty of green beer and enjoying <laughs> the green beer. So, yeah. I remember I was in press row and Reva Alba was sitting behind me and she gave me a high five after Terrell hit the shot. And uh, <laughs> it was a great party atmosphere that day and uh, kind of, the house that Michael Jordan built, you know, it was, it was a cool atmosphere. The next year, you guys have one of the greatest seasons in Creighton history, 29 and five, uh, but uh, you lost in the first round of the tournament. Just talk about March Madness. It seems like upsets can happen at any time. And that's really what makes the tournament so great. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, and we've seen plenty this year, obviously in 2021. Um, but yeah, so the previous year we were a 12 seed, we beat a five. Uh, the following year, um, the year we're referencing here, we were a six seed playing 11 seed Central Michigan. Um, and I will tell you, Ross, we we were probably overconfident going into that game. And and in general, I think you know we, we we'd had a really good season. Um, we finished uh, the Missouri Valley Conference tournament by. Uh, beating the pants off of of um, Southern Illinois in the championship game, which was still one of my favorite games of all time. Um, but you know, so we we felt really good about where we were going into that that matchup, and uh, and 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 based on the way the bracket laid out, um, as a six, we had we won and had uh, the three seed on the other side won, we would have played three seed Duke, and I think coming uh, you know as a mid major out of the valley. At that time, uh, and Duke certainly being, you know, the 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 quality brand that Duke is, and the blue blood program that they they were, we really wanted that shot, um, and I think we probably looked past Central Michigan a bit, and they were a great basketball team. We found ourselves down by 24 points soon after halftime. Uh, I think we were down 18 maybe at half, um, and they just they came out and punched us in the mouth and and. Uh, we we did recover, um, and the, we cut that that game. Uh, we cut that lead to two with a minute to go, um, but yeah, we ended up turning it over on a possession with at about the minute mark 
and they got the ball back, ended up scoring, and then you know the rest was history. They hit free throws down the stretch. We didn't hit shots, and and they won the ball game and closed it out. But um, certainly a disappointing way for us to finish that season because we had had such a great season. Um, uh, in, in to your point, arguably uh, to that point in time, one of the better seasons in Creighton basketball history. But um, you know, certainly ended on a sour note, and and we see it all the time. Uh, obviously. <laughs> There's a lot of Big Ten teams in particular this year that who have, have gone home much earlier than expected. Well, you've had the pleasure of being behind the microphone during one of the greatest seasons with for Creighton this year. And I know you uh, fill in a lot of and uh, do radio work for 1620 The Zone. How's that role from player to broadcaster been for you? Oh, it's a, it's an absolute blast. I do it for a few reasons, uh, but primarily to just keep me uh, a little bit more tightly involved in the program. Uh, I'm here, you know, I haven't ever had an aspiration uh, to do what you've done. You did for, for 40 years, Ross, as a professional broadcaster. Um, But I I do appreciate it. And I do just enjoy the connection to the, to the squad. Um, You know, I usually do one or two road trips a year this year. Of course, we didn't travel with the team. Um, but that allows me to maintain some relationships and kind of really understand the dynamics of these teams and, and get to know the kids a little bit more. Um, but I, I do really enjoy it at, you know, at this, the surface level and, and doing, you know, I'll usually do between eight and a dozen games a year or something like that. Um, so it keeps my basketball eye sharper. It keeps my involvement with the Creighton program tighter. Um, and, you know, it's always a great seat to the to the ball game as well, for sure. Well, you work with one of my great friends and one of the most talented guys uh, on the microphone, John Bishop. He gets a little excited during <laughs> games, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. There's nobody more passionate or animated about a great basketball game calling it than John. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> I generally feel like I, you know, my my role is to try to play the uh, the the other side of the 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 yang to his yin, uh, <laughs> because he's going to bring enough energy for both of us. Okay, well, let's talk about this year's Creighton basketball yeah. team. They've made history the first time since 1974 that Creighton has gone to the Sweet 16. Of course, this is the expanded um, bracket now. Um, many more teams than in the past in the seventies and they've made it just talk about what is so special about this Creighton basketball team. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I don't know if they, these kids even, I mean, I, I know they've heard things like that, but I don't know if they realize the weight uh, that was really that they carried on their shoulders for alumni and fans and people that have been, you know, supporters of and, and involved in this program for as long as they have. Um, Primarily because, you know, the, the the success of Creighton basketball has always been marked with an asterisk. And this is this has been the biggest one, um, you know, and I was part of those teams that we've already talked about that had the desire and the potential to to get that monkey off the back. And there's been, a, you know, a few more teams since. And um, so for Coach McDermott, for these kids, for this program now to have eclipsed that milestone, um, you know, I, I think that's a great monkey to get off the back because now you can continue to set that bar uh, at that level and, and hopefully surpass it, certainly, you know, potentially this weekend and and potentially, you know, for teams to uh, coming forth. Um, 
and, and I'm just so proud of this group of kids, not only for just, you know, passing, checking the box or passing the milestone, but, but obviously staying together, um, being able to support each other through what has been an incredibly difficult season for all sorts of reasons, right. um, COVID primarily, but, but then, you know, the recent distractions with, um, you know, the, the locker room situation with the remarks from, from coach McDermott and, uh, and where the direction that that could have driven this team, um, instead, uh, they've continued to, to play basketball together unselfishly with the, you know, the purpose in mind. And so the leadership at the top, certainly from father Hendrickson to Bruce Rasmussen to Greg McDermott through the leadership of that locker room with Mitch Ballock and, and Marcus Zagorowski and Damian Jefferson and, and Denzel Mahoney like that. That's very impressive based on all of the circumstances that have, have swirled here. So, um, couldn't be prouder, uh, great group of kids and, uh, certainly a great basketball players as well. Well, they've got a difference maker this year. You, you played with Ryan Sears, but this point guard, Marcus Zigorowski, is something special. And he has made a difference in the NCAA tournament. He causes a lot of problems. If you're the opposing coach, how do you play against him? Uh, that's a difficult uh, formula to figure out, Ross. I agree. He's been certainly the the heart and soul of this thing. And generally Creighton's gone how Marcus has gone. Um, but goodness, he's really stepped up his game over the last 10 or 12 games. Um, you know, he, 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 he's a good finisher at the rim. He doesn't get to the line as much as I think he could. Um, he's a lethal three point shooter. Um, obviously a great facilitator. So I, I think in, in, in the best case scenario, you're making him drive and try to finish over bigs. Um, or hit up, you know, a tough mid-range pull-up, but those are those are shots that he can make. So it's kind of a pick your poison thing. But the first things first, like you just can't you can't let him get in rhythm jump shots from behind the arc because he shoots it at such a high clip and can do such damage there. Um, and you know, I if if I'm an opposing coach, I try to get the ball out of his hands. You know, ball screen action. I would try to jump it hard, double team that hard hedge, and just get the ball out of his hands because when it's in him. Uh, there's a lot of, but, but again, you know, going to the point that we talked about before, there's just so many weapons on this team. You're going to have to pick your poison somewhere. Um, and right now, you know, Denzel Mahoney has struggled a bit um, offensively shooting the basketball. And, you know, that, that's probably the, the place that you would probably as an opposing coach sort of dare him to beat you. Um, and uh, you know, when he, when Denzel is focused, puts his nose to the goal, gets to the free throw line, works his game inside out. That's also a dangerous formula to take as an opposing coach. As a former center, uh, you've got to be uh, impressed with the way Christian Bishop has played in these last two games in the NCAA tournament. What does he do in the paint that he's done so well? He's just been really, really active. Um, you know, he's not the most physical guy. He's, uh, he is an elite level athlete. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's, he's a pogo stick. It can go up there and, and, you know, erase shots. He can go up there and, and obviously finish those lobs and those flip ups to the rim. Um, and he does that with ease, um, which is just impressive at six foot seven and a kid that played guard growing up and has had to adapt to this role, something that he had never played really uh, until he came to Creighton. So uh, I, I, you know, 
uh, how has he been successful? It's generally just his activity. You know, he guards the ball screen hard and, and hard hedges, and then he flies back into the paint and, and he's, he's coming across the lane with help side defense to try to block shots and, and alter shots. Um, you know, offensively, he's been really active on the offensive glass. I mean, that rebound against UCSB, where he eventually ended up getting fouled on that possession, went to the line and knocked those shots down. I mean, that 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 rebound was a man's rebound. Um, and so I just I love his activity and energy. Um, he's clearly in great condition. He's playing generally 30 plus minutes a game. Um, and to do that in the demands of that role on on uh, based on how Creighton likes to play offense and defense, it, it says a lot. Well, we're winding up the interview, Brody. I just want to talk to you about there's some about uh, former Creighton players and the school that they played for. It's a family. And describe that feeling because they welcome their former players back and they really connect with them. It's, it's different than most schools. What's so special about Creighton? Yeah, no doubt about it. I've got a, a, a tight fraternity of brothers uh, that I, you know, consider brothers. And, and you know, there's just, there's a, I, I think you certainly appreciate it as time goes on more and more. But for all of these kids that come through and play and, and sacrifice for and wear the same jersey, you know, there's a, there's a unity there um, that kind of an unspoken unity and you just root for those kids and, and uh, or as they continue on in life, like there, there's a desire to help one another, regardless of what circumstances may be, how many years apart you might've been. And, you know, in terms of an alumni, you know, if I, you know, there's a number of Omaha, the Creighton basketball alumni from, you know, a number of years, my senior, that there's just an immediate bond, regardless, just knowing that, you know, they went through similar battles, wars, and wore, wore the same jersey. Um, it, it is a special thing. And, you know, I, I definitely um, benefited from that. And I think that's been a big contribution or contributor to the results on the basketball court, too. It's just the culture, uh, you know, of the program of the university. Well, Brody, thanks so much for joining us here on the Nebraska Greats Foundation podcast. And uh, we enjoyed having you join us today. Thanks. Thank you, Russ. Okay, this podcast today is produced by the Nebraska Greats Foundation. If you or know of a former collegiate athlete from any of the 16 four-year college or universities in Nebraska who has a medical need and a financial challenge, please refer them to www.anygreats.org. Again, this is Ross Jernstrom. Thanks to Brody Darren for joining us today. This has been Nebraska Greats, a weekly podcast serving the Nebraska Greats Foundation. You can find each episode on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Please give generously to serve Nebraska's former sports heroes in need at anygreats.org. And be sure to follow the Any Greats on Facebook and Twitter.